Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. I'm Sophia Beck, and I'm joined by my co host, Tigran Sloyan. Hey, Sophia. So today we're talking about test validation and adverse impact. And I guess we talked a lot about how you know introducing assessments, especially at the top of your funnel, mm-hmm. is a key component of making your just overall selection process more fair. Uh, but one important question that comes up around that is, you know, how do you avoid adverse impact, and how can you actually prove that you do not have any sort of an adverse impact in your test? Because even though you introduce a test to specifically make the process more fair, mm-hmm. you still have to be able to defend. Uh, whenever like a case is brought up uh, that you do not indeed do not have adverse impact and this is actually a very strict legal requirement especially for like larger companies large Mm -hmm. public companies with the equal employer opportunities and yeah I think it's a really important topic because you know you're doing it you're putting this assessment at the top of the funnel to make this more you know fair and then leveling the playing ground. So mm. we also want to make sure it passes all the legal, you know, guidelines and compliance things to ensure that you're indeed doing it and be able to prove it. Exactly. So, you know, is there like a certain like set of like rules? There actually is. So yeah. the Equal Opportunity Employment Committee and three other government committees have adopted like a set of uniform guidelines mm-hmm. that say how you should be able to prove that your test does not have adverse impact in it. Mm-hmm. And there's two components to it. So one of the components is reliability. Okay. So test reliability, like the main factor that contributes to test reliability is uh, the concept of retesting. So mm-hmm. if you were to have the same group of people, you know, take that same test uh-huh. again, you know, some other time or maybe like right after they took it, okay. uh, would the results be reliable? Like, would you actually just get too much variance in their results mm-hmm. or would you basically have the same selection criteria? Uh, and this is especially important with if you change your test, right? So like I've seen a lot where companies have their own engineers design a certain test or their own you mm-hmm. know, employees or, in, or managers, hiring managers design their own tests. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, they're like, oh, my God, all the questions are leaked. Let's just change it. Mm-hmm. If the new test is not actually going to produce the same results, so if you took that same test and gave it to the people that took the test, the previous test a few months ago, Uh if you can't prove that that retest would produce a highly consistent output, Mm. then you basically cannot protect this test and you cannot prove. I see. So the the test, you know, let's say it's a test to uh, for I guess our new new grad engineers, let's say, Mm -hmm. and the test, when we say test, it doesn't mean the specific question. It's like the test that we're giving to this sure. particular As step. part of the selection process, right? right. It's and a- then when you change the questions, mm-hmm. you need to ensure that you know what you know the the ones that you were using and the ones you're using later they are producing consistent exactly results you need to be able comparable. to prove it if you can't prove right. it then that's like one aspect where mm-hmm. you know if you're ever in a courtroom trying to prove that you do not your assessments do not have adverse impact right. that's one of the things that you need to be able to do if you can't do it mm-hmm. you're in a and when spot. you say adverse impact can you elaborate like a little more like adverse impact on 
on the so-called protected group, what mm-hmm. the uniform guidelines define as a protected group is uh, race, sex, mm-hmm. or any sort of ethnic group. So those are the three categories that are defined as protected groups. Yeah. You need to be able to prove that you don't have mm-hmm. any part of your selection process, not just tests, but right. specifically tests right. do not have an adverse impact. So meaning that this test is um, working negatively towards those protective groups. That's yes. like what... Adverse impact. Well, they have a specific definition of how to measure it. It's called the four fifths rule. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming people can look up what the four fifths or the eighty percent rule is. But they have a specific definition of if I look at your selection process, do Mm -hmm. you have some sort of an adverse impact there or not? Uh, But reliability is actually not the only measure. Mm -hmm. There is also just overall validity, Mm -hmm. and validity is far more complex to measure. And they, the uniform guidelines, actually have like three different ways of measuring it. Uh, The main one is actually called content-related validation. Uh, There is three, but like the one that's used a lot is content-related validation. And what content-related validation is, is that you start with the so-called job analysis. And the job analysis is a pretty involved process that means just understanding what are the key requirements for this job, right? So if I was to, usually starts with like you bring in a representative group of like hiring managers, you discuss Mm -hmm. with them sort of you have them write down what are the main requirements, you kind of find a common denominator between all of them. And then after that, you come up with a short list of like skills, knowledge, Mm -hmm. requirements that are critical for this role. And then after you've completed the job analysis, then you have to show that the questions in your assessments Mm -hmm. are actually measuring those and only those skills and requirements and are not sort of assessing things that are are either not important or not even related mm-hmm. for that specific job at all. Yeah. And then do you do empirical studies to figure out whether the questions you're asking and the skills you are measuring for the specific job is actually valid and correlated? Well, that's actually the other piece. I think mm-hmm. it's called criterion-related validation. And that one is way more difficult because uh, you actually have to show that uh, people who do well on the test mm-hmm. actually do well on the job. So that one requires a more sort of longer term analysis mm-hmm. to say if we, you know, the people who scored well on this assessments, how did they perform on the job? Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike the, the other type of analysis where you kind of can do it in your own timeline, the other one had, takes much, much, much longer. So how do you prove the content related validation that it's valid? How, who, like, what are some of the, I guess, the evidence that we can present if we have to prove it to someone? Yeah, it's usually the experts, right? So you basically mm-hmm. call them the job experts, people who specialize in that job, mm-hmm. uh, to actually be able to look at, here's the job, here's the skill sets that's important for it, mm-hmm. and here are the questions, here's what exactly those questions measure. And mm-hmm. then a, an expert is supposed to be able to validate to say, yes, what this question is measuring and what this job is about are consistent Mm. with each other. So again, there's no uh, data-driven proof in this type of validation, but it relies on experts to validate that. So if you're ever in court, they might call a secondary expert in that Mm. field to say, do you agree that uh, these questions and uh, this job are a match for each other or are they not? Got it. All right, so let's wrap it up. What is the bottom line for today? The bottom line is, you know, making sure, being able to prove that an assessment does not introduce adverse impact is not as simple as it might sound. I think Mm -hmm. people naturally assume that, like, you know, assessments are meant to, you know, 
introduce fairness, you know, not the other way around. So, uh, but there are very, very strict legal requirements, and the only real way to be prepared for it mm-hmm. is to have what we tend to call like a framework for assessment, something where you can like clearly write down what is my assessment, mm-hmm. what is it measuring, what is it not measuring, and have research into it, because otherwise you're just shooting in the dark and you're never going to be able to have a defensible case for it. Got it. Thanks for the insights and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.